Welcome to Real Talks, The Realtor Life. This is where we talk to real agents about their story and their journey in real estate. We'll discuss their beginnings, their struggles, and their ultimate successes. We peel back the layers and deliver a behind-the-scenes conversation that you, the listener, can find inspiration. My name is Nick Niaxi, and my intention is to share the authentic realtor life. You guys are a, a duo. You ladies are a duo. And, are. and you're, you are the boss babes in Vancouver. <laughs> And a lot of people admire you as well. And I know that because they reach out to me. I'm sure they reach out to you as well. They want to pick your pick your brain. And this is one of the reasons why you're here is because there's so many people that want your advice and want to hear your story and, um, and want to be inspired about what you do. Um, so, Ali, let's talk about you first. Um, very brief, like ex- introduce yourself, years in the business, and uh, we'll talk about the market you're in. Sure. Um, so my name is Ali Ballum. I have been in the business four years now. Um, and uh, I, before Amy and I partnered up this year, I mainly focus in the Tri-Cities. Okay. Um, most of what I sold was the detached homes. Um, but now that market has been transitioning now that I've been working with Amy a lot more. So I stole I stole Ali from the Tri Cities, <laughs> and we are uh, we just switched to England Volkers actually as of September first. So um, we've kind of shifted the business model, which we'll go into a bit later. But uh, Ali's now kind of down here more, but we are still Tri Cities, Yale Town, downtown, False Creek. Perfect, mm-hmm. great. And you and you started working together almost a year ago. January. This January. Year. Yeah. That's fantastic. And Amy, introduce yourself. So my name's Amy Leong. Uh, I've been in the business. This is yeah my fourth year now. So some people think we've been in the business for for a lot longer, uh, but yeah, it's it's four years. And then before um, I was a full time realtor, I was a year in pre sale and townhome the condo developments. So selling those. So that's kind of where I transitioned. Right, and now. As of today, you are top 100 agents in all of Vancouver Board. Well, I checked the other day and I'm a little nervous, but we'll see. I, we were 66 and Maintaining now it so far. 84, so we've got a couple more ramp up still here. Top, <laughs> still more deals to sell. Four, four years, <laughs> yeah. one year as a partnership, not even one year in a partnership, and you guys are um, top 100 in, in, in points. It's quite something. That's really, really impressive. You don't really, thank you don't you. see that happen too often. So Aww, yeah, kudos, you. right? Um, back to Ali. So tell me, tell us where you started. Like you were, you are kind of like me. You, you, you were licensed when you were 30. 30, yeah. Right? Okay. So what were you doing before that? So before that, I was actually um, serving full time at the Cactus Club in Yaletown. I was there for almost eight years. So I started when I was uh, 22 and I always knew I wanted to get into real estate. I just, um, that confidence wasn't in me quite yet when I was 22, 23 years old. So um, I got into serving and I loved it. And it kind of, um, you know, I I wanted to, I I met great friends and um, it was a lot of fun. Um, I mean, I love being around people and socializing and and working with people. So um, that was a big factor of it. Um, I always knew I wanted to get into real estate, but um, I wanted to wait till I was older, till the age of 30. So, so why did you want to get into real estate? What was the, 
what was that? Who implanted that thought in your head? So my mom um, is still a realtor. She uh, has been a realtor now for 30 years, okay. 31 years now. And um, she always did about one or two deals a month. So she didn't, you know, she wasn't a top agent. She wasn't ever striving towards that because we had a family. I have a twin sister. I have an older brother. Um, but she wanted a job where she could have a career where she could also be a mom, a full-time mom, come to all of our sporting events, mm-hmm. um, be around for weekends and dinners and, and everything else, right? So I saw her life and I thought, you know what, this looks like a pretty good gig. So right. So yeah. she's, she was was she working full time or she was, was full time, but yeah. one or two deals a month. Right. Yeah. So are you competitive? Very. Yeah. If you can't see her eyes right now, but you can tell <laughs> that she's hungry to to be the best. Um, we'll go back. We'll come back to you in a bit. But let's let's start with uh, let's continue with Amy. So, so you've been licensed for. Five, four to f- almost five years now? I think it's five, or is it? It'll be oh five coming out. Five coming out. What day is it? Yeah, what day is it? That's right. Um, no, I think it's five years, I guess, in January. Yeah, it'll then. be five years for us right? back in January. Yeah. So I started, um, you know, in, and I'm, I'm quite proud of where I, I come from because mm-hmm. I think it's important to say, like, I grew up in, in Surrey. I grew up in, not in an affluent um, family or anything like that, but... I worked really hard to put myself through university and I sold cell phones actually uh, since I was 16 years old. (laughs) (laughs) So I was a a little boss babe, I guess, back then, kind of looking back. So I, yeah, I was really good in sales, I guess you could say, when I was uh, in TELUS and just like Ali, competitive spirit. So I was always aiming for top sales so I could, you know, get a trip per year with the TELUS team. That's what you would win. So I was always like, okay, I got to be top sales so I can go on these trips. And then it kind of, it got to the point where I could see this glass ceiling and I kept kind of hitting my head on it per se. And I, I knew that there was something better for me. And I thought, you know, coming to a mall every day, I wasn't I wasn't bored, but I just knew that there was something better. I was right. like, you know what? I can, I know I can do something. And I was always picking up every real estate magazine I could find anywhere I went to. I was always studying things and looking at what people paid for rent. And, and so, yeah, I, you know, I cut that corporate cord mm-hmm. and went into real estate and it was a bit scary, but I'm here now and I couldn't be happier. That's great. <laughs> And I mean, you both have really good, strong Instagram presences. And, you know, I know that you're all about the numbers. You're, you're, you're met, you're, you have your vision boards, you have your, you both have your deal. You count your deals, you count every single dollar that you sell. Um, and, uh, and you're goal oriented, right? You want, you want more and more growth, growth, bigger, bigger, you won't settle. Kind of resonates in why you left your other jobs. Because you hit your ceilings. Yes. It's very, yeah. And then you met each other. So how'd you meet? Allie? So, yeah, sure. So Amy and I met, actually, we both did um, Fred's real estate course, six-week real estate course. And um, we we met in Fred's course, and then we ended up actually taking our week um, post-licensing course together. Mm-hmm. And we sat side by side every day and kind of chatted about real estate and kind of chatted about where we wanted to go and what we wanted to achieve. I mean, we were both really green and really excited, but, um, I remember actually, do you remember I took one of the pages in the UBC book 
And I said, to kick ass in real estate, <laughs> sign here. And I, and I just kind of slid it over to Allie. And she just picks up her pen, doesn't question, just signs it right away. So we, I should frame that actually yeah. now thinking about that. We, you know, that was dear to our heart because it's so funny now sitting here and being a top agent and looking back saying, yay, we, we are kicking butt in real estate and it's pretty cool. So what happened then? So four, four years ago, in, like, you know, four years from when you first partnered, yes. you, you met yes. and then did you go, did you split and do your own thing and keep in touch or how did that, how did you guys keep in touch? Did you become friends? Well, we, yeah, we definitely became friends from the, from when we took our licensing course mm-hmm. together. Um, my aunt had a realtor and she paired me up with him mm-hmm. and he was a mentor for me, mm-hmm. uh, Brian and, uh, you know, with his help and me coming on partnering with him at the time, we both did amazing volume and mm-hmm. mentorship for, you know, each other as well, mm-hmm. sales and marketing for me. And also with Brian's knowledge in construction and kind of what he was coached with. So I definitely owe a lot to him with mentorship mm-hmm. of where I am today, because it just helped me kind of go into, um, another sphere and also, um, it just up my, up my level, up my level in real estate at a, quicker pace. Right. And common theme in everybody's people who are very successful in real estate at a high trajectory is mentorship. So Brian Higgins is the agent you're talking about. He's yes. very, he's a very, very good agent and well-respected in the community. And, and, um, and so you gained your knowledge, you gained your knowledge with him, right? And he, yeah, and, and we, we did a ton of volume together. Um, and it was a, it was a great partnership and Ali and I had always done deals together during Brian and I. So the nice thing is, is we were always doing, you know, probably did about, I would say around 15 deals a year together, co-listing. So I would co-list with Amy down here and she would co her and Brian would co-list with me out in new West in the tri cities or the Fraser Valley. So we always kept in touch. Like we always, Oh yeah. yeah. And and that's the thing when you find people that you love working with, it's kind of hard not to work with them just because it, you know, there's just always complimenting, um, you know, dynamics that really, you know, Ali and I are, are energizer bunnies, right? We, that's just, I think what we've come to work as in our work, work ethic is very similar that way. Right. Um, and we have fun. I think that's oh, the most yeah. important part. Yeah. I think, you know, things can be stressful and situations can be stressful, but we, yeah, we have a lot of fun and we get through it together. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you can see that, right? You know, I know you guys very well, so you, but you can see you're always laughing, you're always having fun, you're always motivating each other, you're working really hard. So what keeps you working all the hours that you work? I don't think I've met anybody who works as hard as you two. It's Aww, pretty. Thank it's, you. Thanks. I guess it's like a thanks or a... Yeah. It's a double-edged sword compliment. Yeah. Exactly. No, but it's a good thing because you're driven to do better. So what's... So why do you work... Why, what's the why for both of you? I think for, for me... Uh, is I was always not told I couldn't do things, but I feel like I was always looked at, even just growing up, like as uh, someone that looks very young, someone that, uh, you know, I went to university and I have my communications degree and, and marketing and that, but I just, I wanted to always, I have this thing inside of me and I don't know really where it comes from, but I, I just want to prove people wrong. So it's something that just drives me and I use it as fuel inside. 
And I do every day I wake up, I just want to always be learning and I, I always want to be expanding my horizons, you know, per se, and just, and, and knowledge to me, like this world is so full of endless knowledge that you can equip yourself with. And when you get that knowledge, people, it is power. And mm-hmm. I always, you know, you'll see on my social media, I will, you know, hashtag knowledge is power. It truly is. And when you have that, it does not matter how young you are. It does not matter if you look young. You People will just start to come to you and you mm-hmm. will be the answer for whatever vehicle they need. They need. And, and this vehicle is real estate and it just so happens we are so, Ali and I are just so passionate about what we do that we can have fun while we work. Mm-hmm. So. And how about you, Ali? Kind of similar to Amy in a sense that when I first got started, um, like I was out in the Tri-Cities, as I said, my mom was a realtor, is still a realtor, mainly part-time now. Um, and I was told from a few people when I first got started that I would never achieve certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, I would never get to a certain level. Um, and if I did get to that certain level, it was because my mom, you know, wasn't had been in real estate for so many years and that she would just hand me down the business. Um, so it kind of motivated me. I, I branched out on my own from the, from the very beginning um, and my success came, my motivation, you know, just came from within. I wanted to prove people wrong in the same sense that Amy did in, this, in the fact that, you know, they didn't think I could do certain things and I did. So and I think that's yeah. the positive takeaway is that I, we see that in each other where when you take something negative or if we don't get a listing or we don't get a certain development to sell, we don't you know, go in the back and cry about it. Or or we just right away are like, okay, what can we do better to get the next one? Mm -hmm. And the competitive spirit in us is, well, we're just going to go get another one and show that person (laughs) that we're, you know, so it's a good, I think it's a good thing to have inside, um, to, to take any negative that you have and turn it positive. And we've (laughs) just been very instrumental in doing that. And I think with you too, like with the whole learning you know, education, right? Like knowledge is power. So when I first started working with Amy, like I learned that, right? Like, you know, when you're going into a listing presentation, you got to have knowledge, right? Like when you're competing against three or four other people, you got to know the area, you got to know yeah. other things that people won't know, right? Yeah. So always educating yourself. Yeah, I, I, I believe that our, I fully believe our, our business is about is about value, bringing value mm-hmm. to people. And one of its, one of the, the values, the huge values for especially young agents who are figuring out what can they do to be better and be and be better than the rest, you'll be surprised how many agents aren't knowledgeable about their own market. And it's because it's because it's been a little bit easy, I guess, in the last two years and it's becoming more difficult. And now people have to really learn and figure out the angle and figure out why they're, why, you know, what, what their value is. Right. You know, but before you, you know, somebody walk in the, you would get multiple offers right now. It's truly selling and selling information is that you don't have to be the car use car salesman you have to be the the very educated but personable salesperson uh, on the front lines and i i fully agree i think it's just being very savvy and understanding how you can stand out from you know i think a lot of realtors will exit the market i heard a stat even just the other day that thousands of realtors haven't renewed their licenses for next year so I think that that's a great thing personally. I think that it will weed out who has been really working and who hasn't. And I do think that the people that deserve to be in the industry are the ones that are surrounding themselves with knowledge and learning how to navigate the market, whether it's up or down. 
and positioning themselves to really capitalize on what is to come, which there's, you know, it's not chicken little, the sky's falling. It's not it's, no, it's, no, we talked about that, right? Yeah, and people, that's the thing. People are always buying and selling, right? It doesn't matter. So the sales are going to be there. It just depends on where you are, right? You got you to gotta yeah. be, you know, one step ahead of someone else, right? You got to be learning, like Amy said. Um, and uh, we've been finding too, this market, yeah, it's changed. Um, you have to work harder. You have to follow up with, with other realtors, um, be engaging, right? And, and know your product very well to sell in this market. Mm-hmm. So we've already pulled out two really good nuggets. One is the one that keeps on coming up, which is mentorship is key. You know, if you want to, if you want to propel your business mentorship, and that's all about knowledge is taking the knowledge of somebody else who's been very successful, learning it and replicating it. And then two is now adapting to what the market is now and, and in, in figuring out, figuring out how you can add more value and, um, uh, to your clients. But for new agents, how do you meet these clients? So tell us your secrets to meeting people. Oh, we knew oh. you were going to ask these secrets. Oh. Well, <laughs> I'm taking notes, so go ahead. <laughs> well, we, I was, like, we've been, um, for, for my business even before Amy, but now since working together, um, a lot of our businesses come from open houses, I would say too. Um, a lot is referral-based, but um, we do opens every weekend. Yeah, open and open houses. So I guess we can fire off, yeah. you know, some of them, which has been yeah, open houses. I've met you know some of my uh, biggest clients from open houses. So, but let's talk about open houses for for one sec. You can do an open house, or you can do double open houses. And, so yeah, and we you, do du- we do double. We do back to back opens. Saturday and Sunday. Oh yeah, always. Time. Always. Yeah. yeah. So your your you so your schedule for open houses um, is. Like uh, usually it's a you know twelve to two, or we'll do and then a two thirty to four thirty, or we'll do a eleven thirty to one thirty, and then a two thirty to four thirty. It depends on where it is. Obviously, right. we have to give us time to to rush over. Um, you know, we stay skinny because we don't have time to eat. No. <laughs> <laughs> I make you eat. Yeah. <laughs> Allie makes me eat. <laughs> yeah, and and I give advice that same advice to agents that reach out to me is. Open houses are your business hours. Like people, people are what you know industry where you can make the kind of money we make, um, where the buyer walks into your place and is actually seriously looking to spend half a million, a million, two million, three million on a property, and the and and you can spend a fortune on online marketing, you can spend a fortune on bus advertising or whatever. It doesn't really work, um, and if it does, is you're probably broke by the time it works. Yeah. Um, Meeting for, for a cost-effective way to build your business fast is doing open houses twice a day, Saturday and Sunday. And even that, it's, I was going to say for Amy can even highlight on this, but for us too, it's not even, you know, about picking up buyers, but, you know, owners that live in the building are coming to see how you're doing your open house. And Amy, just, like, just to go to show, about three weeks ago, Amy was doing a realtor open. The only one that came through was an owner in the building. Yeah, he happened to live in and a penthouse, and then we got the listing. We got the listing. So that was, you know, again, if I wasn't there and I wasn't putting the energy, and I could have not done an agent's open. Mm-hmm. We all know that, you know, sometimes we it's a ghost town. However, you know, when you have good energy and someone walks through the door and you have a big smile on your face and you're engaging, um, you're not looking down at your phone. You're, you know, not in the corner behind the kitchen, and your presence is is there, and they feel your energy. 
they're going to talk to you and they're going to open up. I do want to stress how important, like if you are going to meet people in open houses for, for the agents out there, it is a well um, done symphony or like an orchestra. I think it's an art of how you can do an open house. Mm-hmm. You need to know, and if you don't know already how to close, you need to read every book on how to close. It, whoever is in your open house, I can't stress enough how many times we've either met someone and then got them to buy a pre-sale with us or invest in another place. Like, There's always someone that's gonna either know someone that wants to buy real estate, whether they want to take out equity in their home and do it that way, but if you don't get a connection with them and you don't find a common ground and, and be able to close them or make a connection enough that they want to call you after, like my favorite thing is connecting with someone and having them email me after or call me. That's always like been a goal of ours is to connect, connect, connect. Right. That's great. And, and yeah, it's all about the follow-up and the strategy. But, you know, for, for you to become the expert at an open house takes practice. And, you know, and, and, and another thing I, I like to preach to new agents is if you have to, if you have to meet a thousand people to build your business, you know, why would you only do one open house a weekend? You know, it doesn't matter, you know, how it, it, you could, you could shorten that by four times if you do double open houses and you know, even throw one during the week, you know, that'll even shorten the time, the, the trajectory even more. So, um, so you're four, you're almost five years in. What you're doing is obviously working. Tell us, tell the, everybody here who's listening about your growth from year one to year going into ending year four. Are you are you are you growing by twenty percent, thirty percent, like, or is it is it fifty? Is it hundred percent year over year? What's the I growth based on the, what you're doing? We'll do the, like our individual then, because uh, yeah. I I don't know the percentage <laughs> per se. Yeah, yeah. I talk about know, your, your own business and then talk about this year. Yeah, like the right. very first year, because I was in like the pre-sale world. Mm-hmm. To be honest, it was it was peanuts. It was I didn't even know you know what I would get per home and mm-hmm. this and that. So it was very very low. And then when I first started, I thought, well, it can't go any lower than that because it was lower than what I was making at Telus. So I thought, okay, let's give this a go. I saved $10,000 in my account and it was sink or swim. So I was on what was called a draw. And so um, they allowed me actually to withdraw from my future commissions that I had not made yet. How stressful. I was sink or swim. So personally, I was a mess. Like anyone that knew me when I first started real estate, I put so much pressure on myself and it was January. And I remember doing, I think it was four deals in that January, my very first month. And I didn't know that that was a lot. I had no, I, I had no idea. You had no barometer. No barometer. I had no, yeah, nothing. So I just thought, oh my gosh, okay, four, is, is that enough? You know, I was selling cell phones. So to me, properties were like giant cell phones. And I, I thought, okay, like I gotta sell volume. I was just used to volume sales. The more you sell, the more you make. So I applied that to real estate and, and then that four turned into, I think we did, was it, I think 60, I remember doing 66, 88, 107, and now we're at 103 and counting. Wow. So that was the numbers of how many deals per year. And then in the last two years, it was counting the millions that we would do per, per deal. So 
but it was in my mind, I'm like more and more. And, and that's the growth. It was just building off of, okay, well, if we did 88 last year, we got to do, you know, more over 88. <laughs> so you don't, you don't have a limiting block in my, right after the beginning, you didn't have a limiting block based on mindset or what other people have programmed into you of what's good and what's bad. You didn't even know. Oh, I had no idea. I was so green. I, I just knew like, I just need to sell as much as I'm capable of selling. And then I quickly realized like, well, some, I remember bumping into someone and they're like, Oh, you know, an average agent does 12 deals a year. And I like kind of laughed to be honest, cause I didn't know that that I was like 12 deals. Like I did that last month. So I didn't know, and it came from a very good place. I wasn't being egotistical, nothing. I just had no idea that that was the, the average. Wow. So I just, yeah, and we, you know, Ali and I spoke at a, a conference in San Diego, and they couldn't believe how many deals we've done this year because they thought we had a team of 10. <clears throat> and Ali and I are going, well, no, it's just the two of us, and we have an unlicensed assistant right now. And they just couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. But we put that pressure on ourselves and we, you know, track our growth differently. Mm-hmm. And, you know, well, we, we are workaholics. <laughs> yeah, but you have a limitless, limitless mindset. And I think can, it, it yeah. helps too when you love what you do and you love who you work with, right? Yeah. So, so, do, so you're a top performer as well. So obviously at the very beginning, it, you weren't selling 100 units. No. So, but, so um, I... I've always been competitive, as we talked about earlier. Um, even with um, Cactus Club, I was like top sales in the company. Um, I was a lounge server, so I I was selling like three thousand dollars a night. Um, always upselling people. Um, anyone who works with me knows about that. I, I heard you bring ask, back double double vodkas for double vodkas, and I'd bring them double Grey Goose. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, uh, that being said, I um, I did um, still work full time serving. Um, when I was in my first year of real estate, um, my first year of real estate, I did still do 11 deals, um, uh, working, you know, four or five days a week serving. Um, and then I got to the point where, you know, I'd, I'd saved some money. Um, I'd done pretty well, 11 deals my first year, you know, on my own. Um, and, uh, so I figured, you know, it was time to stop serving and get into real estate full time. And then my next year I did, uh, 24 deals in my second year. And then I made medallion, which was pretty exciting because I said, if I don't make medallion by year five, I'm out of the business. Well, that's what my mom told me. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so, yeah, so that yeah, I did 24. And then in my third year, um, I did 36 deals. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. So, um, and it's been growing ever since growing ever since. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's all about hard work and obviously you know, practicing and, you know, you're, you're, you're master salespeople. You can tell everything, even doesn't matter what you do, you're selling. Right. But you're, but it's, it's not, it's not cheesy. It's a good thing, right? You're convincing, but you're authentic as well. And, and people trust you. So selling doesn't have to be a gimmick. It can just be, you know, knowledge and trust and, and with a little bit of strategy. Right. Um, okay. Oh, what do I want to do? Oh, okay. I'm going to ask, Amy about her lowest point and you learn about yourself a lot when you hit the ground and you feel the bottom and you never want to go back right and that creates inspiration by from you know from people who are very successful Mm -hmm. it's it's hard to be successful without being there yeah 
<clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> so I think the, well, low point, ooh, it's getting deep. So uh, I think one of the biggest things, and some, some people that are close to me know this, but I guess now the whole podcast knows, but I did get kicked out when I was uh, 18. So as soon as I got into SFU, you know, my mom thought it was a good idea that you should leave the nest and experience life on your own. So I did not have it easy. I lived in about six basement suites in Surrey while I was studying and it was noisy upstairs and I had, you know, great, great landlords. And then I had really bad landlords that didn't know, I didn't know anything about tenant rights back then. And they definitely took advantage of that. So, um, I learned quick that I did not want to be a tenant. So I, the reason why, and you'll see that on my social media of why I'm so investment heavy and I, I started investing when I was young is because I didn't want uh, to, I didn't want to be a tenant for anyone ever again. Um, I never wanted to live in a basement suite again. I just, because it, it came from a sensitive place, mm-hmm. but again, you can either take that and turn it into something dismal and woe is me. And, and I turned it into never again. I'm never going to be in debt. So to this day, I just will never carry a credit card balance. I'm not in debt. I have no lines of credit. I just don't like debt. And I'm very um, passionate about helping people with cash flow real estate because I had to learn and teach myself. And when I bought my first place, um, it was so rewarding and it was amazing. And then I learned how to rent that out. And then I wanted to do it again and again and again. And so, yeah, I guess the, the low point was, yeah, it was hard. It was hard being by myself, but I had amazing people around me and amazing support network and my friends. So it carried me through. And, and then I had a job at 16. So I honestly owe a lot to TELUS. I got to tell you, it's very good if you work from a young age. If you have kids out there, um, you know, get them to work early. And so parents, kick your kids out. <laughs> well, well, night, yeah. <laughs> well, you could. Yeah, you could. Sink or swim. Sink or swim, um, right. And then, yeah. And then this year, to be honest, in January was a pretty low point. Um, it was just starting over again. And uh, not having a website, not having an email, you know, having that cut off was not easy. And, and starting fresh. And, and it was hard. But I'm here now. I... I'm so thankful for everything and you know I didn't have a website for about six months and and Allie here um who's been like the biggest support network I could ask for was like babe you don't need a you know it's okay just add on my website you know and she had a solution for everything and and so much care while I you know kind of picked my feet up in January over to February March and then we just did what we did best and kicked butt in real estate because you can take the low points and again, turn them into something, you know, bad and negative, or you can switch it around and just go, whatever, let's just figure it out. Let's get back up and, and do it even better. So it's, it goes back to the tenacity is you're throwing a curveball and you're just like, screw this. I'm going to show you universe and then pick it up. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it is, it's, we're all going to hit low points. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be in business. It could be in relationship or whatever, but it, it, it create, it, it's, it becomes who we are. It becomes a big piece of our next evolution, in our lives, right. And our business or whatever it is. 
Allie, what would your low point be? You don't have to answer this, but I'm going to try to force you to answer this. <laughs> what would my low point be? Um, I think a low point like in my life would be, um, you know, that year before I got into real estate when I was working at Cactus, um, it was great money. I mean, it helped me buy my first property. Um, you know, like I said, I, you know, I I made good money there. I had good relationships there, but I was kind of stuck in a rut. Um, I did, uh, feel like, you know, when I was 25, 26, 27 years old, I was too young to get into real estate. And so I just kept serving year after year after year. Um, so I think my low point was, you know, when I was 20, 29 years of age, thinking like, okay, I need to get out of this rut that I'm in and I need to write that real estate <laughs> exam and, and get my life moving. So you had, a sto- I wanna go. you had a story in your head that told yourself that you were too young to get into real estate. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. I was actually, funny enough, I, I don't think I've told any of you this, but I was actually going to take my real estate, um, well, get, get into the real estate course at 23 years old. So I did actually order the books when I was 23 years old and then never touched them again until I was 30. I don't think it Isn't that interesting? Hey, wow. You didn't tell me that. Yeah. yeah. So, so this is, I, I, this is actually really cool. Yeah. It is actually a low point, but it's not a low point yeah. in the fact that you're struggling and down and out. It's a low point in your, in your, it, it's a point where you felt that you hit the ceiling and you, in, and you knew that you couldn't grow anymore and where you're at. And exactly. it's like either are you going to do this for the rest of your life or you're actually going to do something else that's going to challenge you and create more success and whatever success is for you. So you had that, you had that fork in the road decision. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You could have gone the, you could have gone the, the left and remain and maintained and been sad or went to the right and fear and hopefully it works. And obviously it was the best decision possible. Best decision. <laughs> yes. yeah. So don't, don't be afraid to follow your gut. And, uh, and if something keeps on coming up and up and up, even if it takes seven years, it's probably coming up for a reason, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I can't, you had and your books. <laughs> I had, and that's the thing, I had my books, but I was told when I got my books, I'm um, like, when I was serving, I had other, you know, realtors that I knew. And it was like, you know, people might not take you seriously. Like you look pretty young. Well, I was young. I was 23, 24 years old. Right. And people would tell me, you know, these are people's biggest transactions they're ever going to make in their life. So they're going to want someone who's, it has experience. Yeah. So for me, um, one of the things I wanted to do was buy my first property, which I did at 25 years old, because that kind of made me go through the process and learn about what, you know, what it takes to go through a transaction. So that kind of so pushed me in the right direction. It just took me a few more years. So you, like, you guys are, are very modest and it's, it's a good thing, but let's, let's toot your horn a little bit. How many properties do you own each? Because this is absolutely staggering. It's not because it's, it's not, it's not, you practice what you preach. You always, you put investors into real estate that you believe that you would buy yourself. And I think that, that it, that's the authentic, real realtor. Whereas there are other professions that will just talk the talk, but it's not for their best interests. So you don't have to answer the question, but it's multiple. I think we're both okay. I own six properties. Yeah, and then I own eight now. Yeah, but I'm I'm kind of working on repositioning some. And I was always told when I'm, and this is important to tell to tell everyone. But I joined a real estate investment network when I was young, and I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, 
which I think is a very simple but so important and life-changing book. Uh, and it teaches you how to get out of the rat race. When I read that book, I, I almost couldn't not stand to go back to my job, but it, that's how it felt. It felt like if I was going back to the, my nine to five job, it just didn't feel right anymore because I knew I could do better elsewhere. And again, it's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. You have to have that entrepreneurial spirit. It's scary as heck. But if you have that inside of you where you want to get out of your nine to five, do it, <laughs> do it. Cause you can always go back. And I think that was the key that after I cut the cord, I thought, well, what's the worst thing that could happen? I could go back and sell cell phones for any company, any, any company would take me, but it was a fear that they wouldn't. And so after switching to real estate, um, a lot of that fear has, has dissipated. I think that both like myself and Allie experienced being young women in the industry, people not taking us seriously, even our, you know, our assistant, Erin, who is amazing. And, you know, she is experiencing that she's young, she's beautiful. <clears throat> and she said, you know, I, I don't want to take my license yet, uh, because, you know, I'm too young, but we're pushing her and she'll probably take it next year in, in the next year after that. But because we believe in her, she just has to believe in herself. But we didn't get that until later on in life. But if the earlier you can get past that, the earlier you can read those books, the earlier you can go to investment seminars and networks, the faster you'll propel yourself. So you just have to get past that fear and believe in yourself. So the going back to like the properties that we own, um, when I bought mine at 24, it was easier to keep going and then learn about joint venturing. So the eight properties I own, well, three of them are just in for me, but the rest of them are joint ventures. But I didn't know what joint venture even meant when I was 25. Mm-hmm. I learned what it meant, right? So it's 50-50. Now, clients and good friends of ours now, you know, 32 years old, you own 150 condos and townhomes. It's remarkable. So then, but when you measure yourself against different people, I measure myself against the 32 year old that has 150, you know, so eight, eight sounds small, but then say to yourself or to anyone walking on the street, they're going, well, you're 33 and you own eight properties. That's, that's amazing. So I guess it just depends on how you measure yourself against other people. Cause you can feel like it's small. And maybe that's why, even just talking about this now, maybe that's why Ali and I do so much volume in real estate is because we don't feel like it's ever maybe enough <coughs> and we're always looking to achieve more and do better and own more properties. <laughs> yeah, and that's a, that's a huge thing. Um, and it's about, you know, it doesn't matter if you're selling $10 million houses or if you're, if you're, in the vo- if you're selling more volume and one, two million, it's your limiting factors that you create yourself that's going to stop you from growing and, and or, or listening to what other people say or other other status quos that that um, that other agents tell you that are just basically projecting their own business or their own feelings onto you and programming you the, 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 to think the way you're supposed to think just go in there go in with uh, with an open mind that anything's possible and these books will teach you how to think that way it could be rich Ed Bordhead it could be Thinking Grow Rich, it could be Salt Lake Sirhan. They are not limited of possibilities, right? It's it's the it's the jargon or the or the 
or the noise around the world that people who are not thinking the way you're thinking are trying to tell you how you're supposed to be. Exactly. And I think even for myself, like my, my dad laughs about it now, but he was one of the biggest, you know, fear mongers on my shoulder when I was younger. He couldn't believe after I bought my second property, he was like, what are you doing? You know, that's really stupid. And you should just work at TELUS till you, you know, you're 65 and pay down your mortgage and only have one. But now, you know, he's just so proud and calls me his land baroness. And he goes, oh, which one are you buying now? And, you know, so it, it's funny because I had to prove my own dad wrong right. to, to say, dad, I can do this. Like, I'm not just some young girl that is just going to jump into something stupid. I'm calculative risk. I'm, I'm understanding. I'm learning. I'm spending hours upon hours learning this real estate craft. And, and when you learn and you understand and you surround yourself with the right people, your likelihood of, of going into anything that is very risky just goes way down. So you're not as scared anymore to do it. Right. But you've got to do your first one. And you're going to make mistakes. Of course. Yeah. You're, you, you, you're going you're gonna to go, oops. You're going to pay for fridges. You're going to pay for... <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it, of certain course, things, yeah. Certain things you'll never think of that yeah. will happen and yeah. you just laugh it up, yeah. you know, after, 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 maybe after a couple months. But, after a couple months. Right? Yeah. Um, so, so, um, you, both you women are advocates of boss babes and this isn't just like, hey, I'm going to be a boss babe. This is actually doing it, not just saying it. And I'm going to ask you each this question. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to shift it a little bit though. So if you, what would you, what single piece of advice would you give your younger boss babe self on day one when starting the business? Allie, Amy? Me would be, um, I think confidence would be the biggest thing. I think I wasn't really confident when I first started. Um, and yeah, I would, I would say that's probably what it is and, and not letting people's judgments and words, um, dictate my success essentially mm -hmm. yeah. I think I, I agree with that too and I oh my my original boss babe self I probably just tell myself that it's 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 all gonna be okay <laughs> like it's you know when I was younger and I was you know living in not the most ideal living situations I I was always worried <laughs> I was so worried all the time and now I don't, I'm not as worried about, I let the fear go. And so, um, but I probably would have told myself, well, I'd love to tell myself to buy more real estate. <laughs> Definitely would have told myself that. Um, and, and yeah, just to maybe spend more hours learning early, not to say that my degree didn't do anything because it did. I can write wickedly well-crafted emails. Best of the best. <laughs> However, I think, yeah, they say in Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell, I believe, it's uh, 10,000 hours is what it takes to become an expert. And I just, now, you know, I see that and I am applying it to different areas of my life. But I wish I knew at an early age to apply that 10,000 hours to something really cool. You know, and we can talk about, you know, some modular housing that Ali and I are, and then we have a team and yourself, Nick, that we've, you know, stolen you and your brain for business development. Um, but I wish I would have spent 10,000 hours on, say, modular housing and investment and cash flow stuff when I was younger. But 
again, now we have the opportunity to do it now. So <clears throat> never too late. I think that's absolutely, I think that's absolutely amazing. Um, you know, it's, and it's true. It's like, you can't, you cannot become an expert without putting in the time. And, th- and that goes for anything. So there's no shortcut to success and mastery. But if you, if you really believe in it, you can get there. And I think for all the, there's gonna be tons of boss babes listening to this or, 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 or boss babes to be. And, and um, you need to follow these two on Instagram. Um, they will post their day-to-day activities in real estate or whatever they're doing in terms of you know, crushing it in life. And, um, and it's authentic, it's real, there's no filter, except maybe bunny ears, <laughs> right? You gotta have the ears there. And you're having fun doing, you can, you can be the top 100 agents in Vancouver and have fun doing it. You don't have to be a stick hugger, a stick hugger but um, the, to do that. And the time you, and a place, right? And, so. you are, and you are the proof of that. And I think that's why people are so attracted to what you guys are doing. So I think it's a good thing. And you're, and you're changing the business. You're evolving oh, the business. Aw, thank you so much. <laughs> no, we want to be authentic and we want to show our true selves. And we just want to be hardworking, awesome people and want to work for awesome people. And we've just been so blessed. Our client base and our, and our friend base and our networks are just, you know, good, good people. <laughs> so plug yourself on your social media. Um, I'm going to, I will include all the links in the bio for this podcast, uh, episode. Um, so where can people find you? So my Instagram is Amy Ames with an A-M-Y-A-M-Z-Z. It's a nickname I've never changed. (laughs) That's the authenticity right there. There you go. (laughs) And my Instagram is just Allie Ballam. So A-L-L-Y-B-A-L-L-A-M. And, uh, and your website it's amyandally.com. Perfect. And you are with Ingle Volkers and you have a phenomenal space here in Yaletown. Pretty and beautiful. Beautiful space mm-hmm. and uh, so much more exciting stuff to follow with your career. So you need to follow these two. If you don't, then you're just missing out on a, on a, on a, on a free success show. Thank Great. you. Thanks, Thank you Nick. so much for listening and, uh, and I hope you enjoy and I uh, look forward to, uh, you know, working with you two in the future and doing some deals. Us as well. Right? Perfect. Let's do it. All right, everybody. Have a good day. Bye.